0: This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. we'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to to live your best life. This is episode number 10. Last week we discussed how doing less could improve our productivity. We discussed how to find the list of things that bring us joy, aligned with our values and really build our life around doing more of these. This week I'd like to start a series of discussion on how we can connect to our inner self. Our inner guide in helping us really build our intuition and designing and planning our productivity by considering our unique needs and our own desires in life. So, I get asked all the time how do you really get started? If there's that feeling of chaos and overwhelm, what do you do to really get started on designing and building a productive schedule? And my answer, I would say, is probably a little bit surprising to to most. And I can, you know, honestly say it was a surprise for me as well. So productivity and building efficiency has been part of my life since I was in high school. I had, as I was planning for college and then of course, through medical school, residency and building a surgical career, along with family, along with all of the other things, I really discovered that I had to build efficiencies upon efficiencies, stack efficiencies, if you will, to really maximize what I can do. Now, what I realized is that for some period of time in my life, that worked. I was able to be more efficient. I was able to get more things done. And I was able to really sort of stretch the seconds to the last nanosecond. But it really created an impact for my mind, just that element of burnout and feeling like, I was really stretched thin and I was really overcommitted, overwhelmed, feeling annoyance and irritation and all of those negative emotions towards things that I had normally found joy in. And I realized, what's the point of being productive and efficient if I can't even enjoy my life? And that really started a series of both self-exploration and consideration of my own needs, as well as looking externally to see what are the tools and resources that are out there that will help me rediscover my joy in the moment, the joy that I used to get when I would take a walk or spend time with my kids or all of those things that were bringing me joy before. And now it just became one more thing on my to-do list that I had to get done. And I just couldn't relax to enjoy that. And I don't know if that sounds like anything that you've experienced. I would love to know what are some of the needs that you've had that you've struggled with? I would love it if you would leave a comment and share some of your thoughts so I can make sure that the content that I create is really pertinent to my listeners, to you. So the surprising thing that I was going to share that really kind of changed how I viewed productivity and efficiency is mindfulness. Mindfulness is a huge word and we use it for so many things, but really what it meant to me in that moment was just bringing myself back to that moment? Instead of thinking about work when I'm at home or home when I'm at work, just really how do I stay in the moment where I am exactly? And what are ways that I can perhaps increase my enjoyment, right? My joy in that moment. And one of the things that I discovered was this process of savoring. So savoring is when you really connect to that moment, that joy, and it doesn't have to be just joy. It could be bringing myself to that moment and what every emotion that I'm feeling then, instead of wishing it away or wishing things were different, just saying, oh, this is my human experience. This is what I'm living through right now. How is this important for me? And sometimes it could be a challenging moment. And I think, okay, why is this happening? What am I supposed to learn from this? And if it's a positive experience, then I think this is such an amazing feeling. What are ways that I can savor this? So savoring can include connecting to it with all of your five senses. So I think about what is the smell that I'm experiencing? Is there any taste? Is there any sense of touch? Is there any textural difference? Are there any sounds? What else is going on that will allow me to really remember this moment in all its vivid, multi-dimensional experience? I also frequently journal about my joy for that day or my win for that day and journaling is another way for us to savor because it brings it back and we get to experience that moment again and think okay what was my favorite part about it and if it's a challenging experience thinking about what was so hard how did I get through that what has been anchor point for me something that helps me stay in that moment and say okay this is where I'm supposed to be there is a lesson in this moment for me And how do I embrace that? So journaling is another way to savor that moment. Using your five senses is a way to savor that moment. And this really, all of it helps build our mindfulness or being present in a way that I never was able to before with all of my tools of productivity. So balancing using the tools of mindfulness and tools of productivity is really how you are going to design and build your productive schedule. And we're gonna be talking about this further in future episodes, just really exploring each step in this process of both designing as well as implementing and sustaining a productive schedule where you get to think about what is important and build your life around things that are aligned with your values, with your life vision, with your mission and live in a way that that helps you embrace your best self, your authentic self, where you really get to do what you love to do. I'd like you to start implementing some of these measures, including savoring and including building mindfulness in that moment and journaling about it. And think about what are some of the observations that you have. Perhaps when you journal, you realize that there was something going on that was sort of in the periphery of your thoughts, periphery of your consciousness. But then when you journal, it really builds that self-awareness, that reflection. And you realize, wow, this was going on with my boss or with my son. And I didn't even really pay attention to it in that moment. But this was maybe what was going on. And this is what you, observed? And what could that have meant in that moment for you? So mindfulness really is that tool that you use to bring awareness and reflection to each moment in your life and helping you build anchor points to the different areas of your life in a way that will help you build your joy in the moment. This will be part of an ongoing series of discussion on designing and implementing your productive schedule. So I hope you'll tune in for the future episodes. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today, Dr. Kathy Stepien. Dr. Stepien is a board-certified pediatrician in active practice. She holds a master's degree in philosophy and is a certified physician coach and teaches both mindfulness-based strategies. Reduction and mindful self-compassion. Dr. Stepien is the director and CEO of the Institute for Physician Wellness. Since 2016, IPW has supported thousands of physicians on their path to better well-being, including myself. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you here and I've done your mindfulness-based stress reduction course as well as some of the other courses through IPW. I feel the value that you bring to physicians as we navigate our own journey of wellness has been amazing. I can't wait to share your message. I'd love to hear how you balance being a physician, being an entrepreneur, being a mom, and how you've found That balance and that journey for your own wellness? That's
1: a great question. I feel there's been times in my life the balance has been naturally easier than other times and that kind of ebbs and flows with the age of my children or where i was at in my training i think one of the things that helps me with balance is that there is a sense of continuity that it's not there's my work life and my home life or any of that there's just life it's all it's just me in different roles or in different physical locations but it's all the same me so i think dwelling in that continuity recognizing that there's no such thing as work-life balance there's just work and life. There's all of it.
0: That's so true. And I love what you mentioned about balance is so fluid, right? We experience different needs in our life as far as maybe there's some increased needs at work or with the kids. So it really is just being in that moment and and connecting to the needs During that time, I keep joking with my kids because they're different ages and it seems there's always a little bit of drama going on with one of them, but I'm grateful that not all of them are in that space. I remind them when one of them says, you just don't seem to have as much time for me as you did before. And I say, you know what, your brother or your sister is going through some needs and during life, sometimes you're going to get a little extra attention and sometimes you have to share that. And that's kind of how I think in terms of the different phases that have happened in my life too. There have been times that, that I think my career's needed a little bit more attention and and then things come up with kids, et cetera. So it really is just these ebb and flow that happens. And by connecting to the need in the moment and not feeling everything has to be balanced and equal all, all around, it actually puts way less stress on our own psyche for sure.
1: It's a big piece of it. You tapped on just having way less stress because it's so easy for us to spiral in that, right? There's mm-hmm. this, we've got so much to do at work. There's really no upper limit as to how much we can give to our work. And we've got so much going on at home. There's no upper limit as to what everyone needs at home and what we can be Mm -hmm. doing at home. And so I I feel like it's so easy to get wrapped up in that to-do list to wake up in the morning and your first thoughts are that to-do list is already spinning and you're already in go mode, and for me mm-hmm. to help preserve my well-being and my energy, so that I'm not exhausted by the end of the day, for me, developing my mindfulness skills has been a huge piece of my well-being. And mm-hmm. over the last thirty some years, that that skill has it's developed in different ways at different <laughs> times, and made more sense to me at different times than other times. And so it's it's definitely an evolution. But I can say the particular, the more recently when I became trained as a coach Mm -hmm. really helped me solidify some of the work I had already been doing in mindfulness, both in teaching mindfulness, but in also in practicing mindfulness, that it's really just about bringing awareness to the workings of our mind and Mm -hmm. what our mind offers to us. And so if I'm busy at home and I'm busy at work and I keep focusing on that, I'll never get it done. There's never enough of me. There's always too much to do. I can never be perfect with it. If if I'm running around holding that thought in my mind, I'm just adding to what needs to be done. I'm adding to Mm -hmm. the burden And so turning that thought on its side and just say, oh, yes, I I see you. I see your brain. You're offering me that thought and you're, oh, look, you're offering it again. And you might offer it a thousand more times today, but just to recognize it for what it is, that it's just a thought. It's just my brain doing what brains do and that I can choose to believe it. I can choose to act accordingly or ignore it. I can choose new thoughts and and just developing awareness of that in the moment to moment as I move through the day. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm going to go carve out an hour and go sit on my cushion and meditate. For me, it's so much of it is informal meditation practice that is in the moment all day long, moment by moment.
0: Yeah. And even exploring what you were saying, even exploring how does this thought really serve me? How is this really making my stress or what I need to do any better? And I think it's empowering to to choose sometimes and say, okay, yes, I could do this mind drama spiral, or I can find another thought that will help me get through what I need to in the next hour or next few days or whatever it is. And building awareness of our thoughts and mind, I think is one of the most powerful tools that I wish we were taught in medical school. I feel it is so powerful and I can't imagine why I did not recognize it before. Just being aware of that and helping me create that space between whatever is going on in my environment and what my thoughts and actions and moving forward is, I think it is incredibly powerful and just. That never-ending to-do list too is, is really important to be aware because right now I feel like there's so many ways that our attention is being drawn. There's social media, there's there's TV, there's just the internet. So many you could get lost in it, searching about even just things about animals. We're talking about different animals and what their eating patterns are. And so it's amazing what is out there. And you could really go down a rabbit hole of information overload and just about something that at the end of it, you spend two hours looking at cow eating pattern and you think, okay, I'm sorry. I don't even know how I started with this. It's crazy. It's there's just information is infinite. And I think that the internet has provided us with that, with that space where we could explore all of our curiosities. And, and then we have this, at the end of the day, we have this list that we think, oh, I didn't finish all the stuff that I wanted to, or, oh, I will be happy when I finish this, or I will relax when I'm done with this. But really, that time will never exist. And there will always be something more to do.
1: Yeah. And that time always exists. It's almost Mm -hmm. like it it never exists, but actually it always exists because it's right mm-hmm. now in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's available to us in every moment, each moment and yeah. really no other way. Cause if we're grasping about the someday what's out there in front of us, we'll never mm-hmm. get there. But when we drop into the here and now, I know that sounds corny, but when we drop into the here and now then, so well, that's where it is. That's where that, that feeling of, of wholeness I, resides.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think it sounds corny at all. I think it's it's so true. When I stopped believing that somehow I'm going to finish this list, when I stopped (laughs) believing that somehow this moment in a week or some, I I really did for the longest time think, oh, I am going to get done at some point. And then I will have all this free time. And when I just called BS and said, that's actually never going to happen. But that actually gave me the freedom to understand. I don't need to be in that space. I can create my joy in the moment, my whatever magic right now. And none of the things actually on my to-do list needs to happen for that joy to exist because it already exists. I just have to take the moment to take a deep breath and center myself and connect to that. So I think it's actually freeing to recognize that. But if we don't recognize it, I lived for the longest time in that spiral of thinking, oh, tomorrow I'm going to have free time for
1: the longest time. And I'm why is tomorrow never existing? I don't understand this. Or when tomorrow comes... We We have 50 things on our to-do list when there's really only time for three that, you know, that tomorrow that's going to be the special day we can get caught up Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because we get deeper and deeper.
0: Yeah, for sure. So as we talk about building that connection to the joy in the moment or to that here and now, and we really explore how do we build mindfulness in our everyday life? I've had so many people ask me that and say, Serene, I just don't have time to do that. I would love to connect to that, but I don't have time. And when we really get down to the nitty gritty, well, I don't have an hour a day to meditate. So I would love to hear a little bit about what you tell uh, people when you're teaching these habits. How do they start building it in a way that is connecting to the moment? It doesn't require any special time or a dark corner in the house or any of those things, right? How can they actually build this as a tool to use in everyday life.
1: That's so important. I think so many of the physicians I work with, they're successful, high achieving women, and they've got a lot going on in their lives. And so the idea about adding something here, you're doing this, and you perhaps are feeling busy or stressed or that you are juggling a lot. And then to add one more thing, it's like, oh, here, by the way, in addition to all of that, carve out this hour to sit on a cushion, which which (laughs) would be great if people want to do that. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. But but I don't think it's realistic for many of us. It's certainly not realistic. It hasn't been realistic for me. How do I say this? Exclusively For mm-hmm. me, meditation and developing awareness that we do in coaching, it's really, it's, there is time for that quiet practice, sitting practice or walking practice. There's also time to, to incorporate it into my day as I'm moving through my day. And that's really, particularly, I remember when my children were little, there's this, you're walking at a, you're walking at a pace that for me is it went against every grain in my body. So in my fiber, in my being, I walk at a doctor's pace, <laughs> My kids always tease me about my doctor's walk. That's just my natural pace. It's wide mm-hmm. open. And when my oldest son was, was little and just learning to walk, we would go for a block. And it would take us forever because we had to stop and watch every ant and every squirrel <laughs> and look at every tree and every blade of grass and mm-hmm. whatever. And just to recognize the, the beauty in that. It's I was with my son. I wasn't sitting, meditating on a cushion at that time. I was meditating. I was aware and present as we were doing that. What a wonderful teacher and what a great up- learning opportunity for me. It's, oh yeah, you know what? I'm here right now. I don't need to be sitting on a cushion. I can, I can bring my awareness to this moment as, as I'm moving at a, perhaps a different pace. Mm -hmm. One of the things we do in our training as well is, okay, so what happens if you pick up the pace? So let's say that we're, we're going from clinic to the hospital and, or you're heading to the OR and you're in go mode. Even when we're moving quickly, we can also drop into that space of being present in the present moment. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that helps with that the most is just being where your feet are. And I remember having to do this a lot in residency because I was, I was always 20 steps down. There's so many more things to do. And I remember just feeling, okay, this is where my feet are on the floor right now. And just, this is what's supporting me. The floor is underneath me. earth is underneath the hospital. Mm -hmm. This is where I am and just locating myself. Okay. Rather than having my mind 20 steps ahead, just being actually where my feet were. The other thing is of course, following the breath. That's one anchor that we often use as we teach mindfulness is because we're all breathing all the time. And so it's a natural anchor for us to simply notice the breath coming into our bodies and and leaving our bodies and paying and bringing attention to that. There's nothing magical about that as much as it's just a way for us to anchor in an activity that we do all the time anyway. I think part of this, that's for two things that are really critical as we develop awareness skills, as we're moving through our day and really understand the workings of our mind and what our mind might be telling us. And then we, we believe these stories as if they're their absolute truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of the, two of the things that really help with that, I believe, and this is what physicians I work with share with me as well. One is meeting them with self-compassion. So rather than being the harsh critic of myself, which historically I was an expert at, really good at beating myself up and pushing myself so hard and achieving and striving and never, you know, there's always the next thing to achieve. And there was some harshness to it, recognizing and developing the skills to be compassionate with myself and treating myself with the same gentleness and tenderness and advocacy that I would have for my loved ones. So that bringing self-compassion to it, I think is a huge piece of it. Another piece that helps us move through our day, incorporate it into our day. So it's not just one more thing is really to meet it with curiosity, to meet our minds with curiosity. Because I love this in medicine in particular, we have such curious minds, right? We're always Mm -hmm. striving. We always want to learn more. And we're just naturally curious people. And Um, we can use that curiosity to turn it, turn it on ourselves and say, okay, of course mind right now, of course you want to buffer. You want to avoid your responsibilities right now by looking at cat videos or whatever it is on YouTube, (laughs) right? That's because Mm -hmm. there's that dopamine response and that temporary pleasure that that's how brains work and Mm -hmm. to be able to bring awareness. Oh yes, I see what you're doing. And isn't that interesting? (laughs) And, oh, and now look at what you're doing. And so there's this natural curiosity of, oh, look at what my mind is offering me now. And continuing in that curiosity, this kind of, and here, and what is now? And how about now? So both the self-compassion piece, treating ourselves with kindness and tenderness, as well as advocating for ourselves. And then the the curiosity, meeting our thoughts and our behaviors, our stories that we tell ourselves, meeting that with curiosity. I think for me, those are huge tools, huge skills that can really help us move through our days with so much more joy and, and so much less exhaustion. So true. And I love that you pulled together
0: so many of those, the strings that really tie mindfulness together, right? The non-judgment, the compassion, the kindness, curiosity, and being in the moment, all of those things. And I do think that the person that it's helped me the most, I use it for others, but the person that I feel it's helped the most is me. Just really connecting to compassion for myself and being able to experience something without all of that self-criticism and judgment and feeling, oh, I'm doing it all wrong again. And just being able to say, self, what's going on and how How was this serving me? Just asking myself questions and keeping myself in the moment instead of thinking about all that has happened before and how I'm not prepared for the future or all of that. Instead just saying, okay, what is going on right now? What is the one thing that I can do right now that would be loving and kind and connected to who I am as a person? And if we really just even moved, you know, what we're doing by one step at a time, just in the moment, how we can do it. It, And I do agree, children are the best teachers in this. When I do different activities with the kids, as soon as if I look at my phone, you're not paying attention. (laughs) I've told my daughter this, okay, look, I'm turning it off and putting it face down so I can't see it light up. (laughs) And we're going to another room and all of these ways that we really have to teach our brain again to not need that constant hit of the stimulation. So as we relearn, what we knew as a child, but we have forgotten because we are so used to multitasking and trying to get 20 things done and not really being in that connected moment as we relearn how to think like a child again, almost being that connected to both ourselves and to where we are connecting to that physicality. You were talking about being connected to the earth and connected to your breath. And there's so many ways really to do that. Feeling the sun on our face, feeling the wind against our hair, all of those things, it really really helps us understand how precious that moment is. But when we're so busy doing something else, our mind is living in another time. We don't even get to experience it. And really the only real moment is the moment that we're in. The past and the future... Only exist in our mind. It doesn't really exist in reality elsewhere. I think that's such a valuable lesson. And I love how you talked about building that mindfulness in everyday life. I love my other meditation times, but it doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen every day for sure. Sometimes I might do it at night before I go to bed or in the morning, or but it's a few times a week. But I find that building mindfulness into everyday activities, such as even making a cup of tea or taking a walk, mindful eating, there's so So many ways that we can actually build that will allow us to savor that moment and really to connect to the joy. And sometimes it's not just joy, right? Sometimes there are negative feelings that come up. There might be anger or frustration or all of that, but not trying to to buffer or to ignore or to resist it, but just saying, I'm really sad right now. This is hard. And just being in the moment and saying, this is what this moment is like. And I have found that I have so much less frustrations building up when I just process it as it happens. I'm not trying to ignore it and cover it and move on. I really am just living in that and saying this is a hard moment. I'm living it. And moving forward, it just seems a lot easier to move to my next emotion, because I haven't tried to resist and avoid and all of those other things. So I think mindfulness can be key for not just connecting to the joy, but to really just connecting to the whole experience of being human and embracing who we are, the good and the bad and being in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a way that we tap into the human condition that this is what it's like to be a human right now in this body in this time and place and recognizing that what we are experiencing is not unique to us that there's billions of people on this planet who while they they may not have the identical experience they have they too know what it's like to grieve they knew they too know what it's like to have hope and excitement they too know what it's like to feel joy or feel or have loss or exhaustion. So just rec allows us, I think, to tap into that greater sense of shared humanity. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, so true. And as we start talking about the shared humanity of good experiences, but also some of the challenges that come up. And in the last year and a half, I think the world has known a lot of suffering, loss, and loss of friends and family members loss of personal autonomy and it is a struggle but there has also been moments of connection community coming together and the stories of joy and hopefulness and all of those things again that 50-50 of human experience i would love to hear your thoughts on what are some of the things that have come up for you in the last year maybe something that you have recognized that it was it just was never evident before because we never had to live through what we've had to live through in the last year and a half.
1: That's a great question. I think that the pandemic for each of us has brought particular challenges in all different ways, professionally and personally. And also, so there's a silver lining there if Mm -hmm. we choose to see it. And it's really interesting to me as time goes by, how many more people are recognizing the silver lining about what is actually okay or even good about the global experience. And I think many of us here would have the, the, yeah, there's things that are really tough that have really been just challenging to deal with. But then also just looking at, okay, there are so many good things as well. And I can choose how I'm going to experience this. I can choose what I want to focus on. I can choose how I want to make meaning of it. One of the things I I love from neuroscience, we know that when we're really focused on a task. So Mm -hmm. for you doing surgery, when you're focusing on surgery, your brain is very dialed in to exactly Mm -hmm. what you are doing. It's nowhere Mm -hmm. else. You're not making, can your grocery list, you're not thinking about what you have to do on the way home from work, whatever. You're just focused on your surgery. And the brain functions differently at that stage. The same thing with mindfulness. And we see this, whether it's with mindfulness, as we think about meditation, or we think about awareness, as we talk about coaching and bringing awareness to our mind, when we are in that state, having that awareness of the moment, awareness of our, our mind and how it's working. The brain actually is its is when you're focused on surgery, for example, it's works in a unique way. When we're not in either of those two situations, either focused on a task or um, present mindfully present in this moment, we go into what's called default mode uh, Mm -hmm. thinking. And it's so interesting to me, the neuroscience around this has to do about how we automatically, brains do this, all of our brains do this. We start automatically going to the past and we look at, oh, remember what I said in fourth grade? How embarrassing was that? (laughs) Or I can't believe I did this at the meeting. Or we just, we think about things in our life that we're, In the past, and then we also have these stories about the future and what we hope for and what we want and all kinds of things about the future. So we dwell in the past and in the future just automatically. Our brain spins to that. We also do self-referential thinking, and so we we start to make it all about us. Mm -hmm. We relate what somebody else is doing to how are they thinking about me? How does that impact me? We we have it refer to our own experience. Mm -hmm. We're so interesting that our brains universally do that. I think it's just amazing there's one more thing with default mode thinking let me think of it the past and future the self-referential thinking there's a third one that i I can't think of right off the top of my head but i I just think it's amazing information what we're learning now because Mm -hmm. of our unique technology that we've known actually at some level for thousands of years but haven't explained in the way that we do now with science. And I think it can be just so amazing to understand that this is how human brains work. And during the pandemic, we can either be focused on a task or be present in the moment, or we can be thinking about everything with the pandemic and everything that's happened. We can think about what's going in the future. And we just, before we're 20 steps down the road and don't (laughs) Mm -hmm. even remember how we got there. So- it's a uh, really interesting science.
0: Yeah, I love that. And actually, what a great tool to consider as, as we do think, okay, yeah, all of this has happened. There's still a lot that we don't know about the future, but we are in the here and now. And what does that mean? And how do we create moments of connection and joy and being present, whether we are focused on a task or being mindful in our everyday life or connecting to our family and our loved ones, etc. So there are so many things that are still within our focus of control because it can feel there's not really anything in our focus of control but there are still things that we can choose to do and I think that that is a way for us to build awareness on in what we can do instead of saying well this sucked and there's definitely been a lot of stuff that has sucked in the last year but by ruminating and living in those moments which have already passed and we can't make any you know meaningful change there anyway think about okay what can we do with that maybe we have a lot of energy okay is there a project that you really wanted to do? Or I remember a couple of years ago, I was going through a transition and I was like, okay, what can I do? Because I just felt like I was so full of this sort of nervous energy. And I had a zero fitness plan at that time, just so you know, and I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to do a half marathon. Why not? So I did it. It took me about 10 months to, to get there. But there are always some things you do. And that's not something that I would have ever said I'm I'm going to be the person to sign up for it. In fact, when my friend had suggested at first I said that's crazy why would I do that I I don't even do 5k but I just said okay I've got all this energy I'm going through a transition I need a focus I need a focus that will move me forward that is healthy for me that'll give me a way to focus my energy and so there's always something that we can choose to do that will have a positive impact either on on our lives or on those that we want to influence and help. When we feel a little bit stuck in the moment and think all this has happened and I have no control and I'm just going to sit here and all of that really just maybe take a moment and pause and think, okay, what is it that I could do? what would bring me joy? What is something that I can work towards? Because time's going to go anyway. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it in 10 months, but I said, this is, I'm going to try. And it was just really something that whole journey actually was really amazing for me. It taught me a lot about myself and what I am able to do and what, what is possible when you just shift perspective and say, okay, I've always said up, I would never do it, but what if I would, what if I could, what would that look like as we go through this period of spring and reset and renewal I think it's such a great moment to really reflect and say what are some strategies that we can do to move ourselves forward in this space yeah thanks for sharing
1: one of the challenges too, is when we look at a couple of things, one, we, I think really need to honor where we're at. So if we're feeling grief and we're feeling lost or we're feeling exhausted, whatever it is to actually turn toward that rather than to deny it and stuff it away and to really feel it and really experience it. And then in doing that, it it frees us up to perhaps have more of a sense of choice of agency of it's okay now. How do I want to move forward? How do, what do I want to be doing right now that will serve me in ways that are consistent with my values and my interests? So mm-hmm. I think that being fully feeling and fully being in our experience, I, I think that's so important. It's all, not all just rainbows and, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and sunshine. I think another piece of this as well is that we can, it's almost like this letting go. I think so, so often, and the physicians I, I work with share this with me as well, it's almost like there's this unrest or this unease. You have a wrinkle in your sock <laughs> that you can't <laughs> just correct but mm-hmm. there's something off but it's hard to put a finger on it and one of the joys about learning self compassion for me was it was like i could let i could open up a closed fist that i didn't even know was closed mm-hmm. i could move forward in a way that was allowing myself, C- Chris Germer told me this at a, at a meeting we were at one time, to join the circle of compassion, the, join the circle of people for those I feel compassion, that it's not just compassion and, and service towards other, but actually I can actually join the circle of people mm-hmm. I care for. And I remember just this kind of brain explosion moment, wait, what? How am I going to be good at what I'm doing if I'm not pushing myself hard and hard on myself? And so it's, it's opening up the closed fist. It's oh, okay, now I feel better. And it frees me to, to look at things differently. It allows me to make different choices for my life that are in line with what's most important to me at this stage of my life. And that's one thing I'd really hope for my physician colleagues as well is just recognizing that, that sense of how hard we drive ourselves, that sense of perfectionism, how we're always, there's never enough. And in some ways, almost we are not enough, that there's always something lacking somehow. We don't need to believe that's just a mm-hmm. thought. And instead we can choose a different thought for me. That was that I really can care. I can care for myself with the same mm-hmm. passion, the same tenderness that I, I care for everyone else. So I love being able to bring that to the physicians that I work with. There's so many different ways to, to live this life mm-hmm. and help them find ways that resonate with where they're at.
0: Yeah. And what a beautiful visual. I love the idea of opening that fist and just having ease because we're always fighting when, and there's always, okay, got to do this and get there. And there's always the next step, but just opening and just giving ease to ourselves is I think a beautiful visual and also embracing that there's, there's no normal. We don't have to do things any particular way. There's no shoulds in our experience. I and mean, we all experience grief differently. We experience challenge differently. So when we go through something, we don't have to say my, my friend experienced it for two weeks. And so now I should just do that. No, it's whatever is your experience. Because we come with a huge variance in background. We've been through different things and experiences actually hit us differently in our psyche and just to say this is who I am this is how I'm experiencing it and there's no normals or shoulds in that so I think that also gives just so much more ease and self-compassion I would love to know if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self what's a piece of advice that you would give her
1: I think it's along the line of what we were just talking about, about not being so harshly critical with myself so that as I'm striving to do whatever it is that I want to accomplish in life, Mm -hmm. that I'm doing it with a sense of joy rather than a sense of inadequacy, Mm -hmm. that not just not so hard and critical on myself. I remember even as a young person picking apart my appearance or the things I said or did or whatever I was doing somehow, I wasn't um, singing beautifully enough. I wasn't running fast enough, whatever. There was always the sense of lacking and we can, that was as a young person, we can talk about that throughout our lives. There's always that next thing that should be different than Mm -hmm. how it is. So I think I would tell my younger self to that things are exactly as they are and they shouldn't be different and just how amazing Um, and perfect I am and how whole Mm-hmm. I think so often we walk around with a sense of being broken and maybe that would be a good thing to tell my younger self you're not broken you never were and you're just not broken so go ahead and live your life and accomplish what you want to accomplish and and serve humanity and help people and all of that kind of stuff that's with joy rather than feeling a sense of inadequacy
0: that's beautiful yeah you're not broken you're enough exactly as you are and um just really enjoying that connection and and feeling whole awesome thank you so much for sharing. Now, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you or know more about your programs, if you could share a little bit more about you and and what you do, that would be great.
1: Sure. So as the director for the Institute for Physician Wellness, we have physician wellness retreats, which I just love. I love bringing people together and addressing various wellness topics. I think there's something about coming together with physician colleagues in a safe environment that's growth-oriented that allows us to really connect and understand we're not alone, even if we feel lonely sometimes, that there are physicians all over the U.S. and Canada that we can connect with. So I really enjoy our physician wellness retreats. And then there's the coaching program. I do individual coaching and group coaching. There's all of that. Everything can be found on our website, which is just Google the Institute for Physician Wellness, and it'll come right up.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I will also include the information in the show notes. So everyone will have a chance to get to know you and and connect with you. I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today and all of the pearls of wisdom that you've shared. So thank you so much. And I look forward to doing other collaborative work with you in the future.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: I have Absolutely. For my listeners, if there are any topics that you want to hear more, please drop a comment below. I would be happy to add those to our weekly content. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story, to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at serenitywellnessmd on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in
1: for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.